So in the morning, we're packing up, and sure enough, Dave and Nick and I are on one side of the camp, and Dave goes, bear, 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 there's a bear over there. <laughs> and Nick and I are looking up, like, we're like looking all over the place. <laughs> what? And it was 15 feet behind Mark. Oh, shit. And Mark had his back to it. Hello. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Mike. How are you? I, I, I'm good. <laughs> Welcome. How are, how are you? To episode 22. 22. Deuces. 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 Deuces Wild of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast coming at you live. It is 9-11. Well, but we did not, that we're not really last coming week. at you live. Well, is, we're live. This is recorded. It's recorded for those listening, but yeah. we're live. But yeah, you and I are live. But <laughs> right. for the people who hear this, it's it's recorded. It's not live. Uh, so I just got a text from my wife. <laughs> she, she tell you she to stayed shut up. up. No, she stayed up to watch the Sox game. <laughs> she breaks she the news text, to you. She just texted me. Ozzy just can't take it. LOL. <laughs> he must be throwing a shit fit in the post game. <laughs> Ozzy Guillen in the post game is awesome. Oh man, he's so he does the post game for your. For he's the in the studio for post game. That's yeah. fantastic with Chuck Garfine. Yeah, and it's it's awesome. Last last week's pre show is is pretty funny. Yeah, I really enjoyed the pre show last week and the show with JP, and uh, we'll be having him on again. And once his podcast is up and running, we'll be on his podcast. So it was a lot of fun on a, on a subject that was not a lot of fun. No. So we made a promise last week. No depressing we would, stuff. No depressing stuff. We had made a promise that we were going to have nothing sad this week. Just fun stuff. And neither one of us worked. <laughs> so I have stuff from the week prior to when I worked that we didn't talk about. I will be able to talk about that. And then I also went on vacation and you were off Work. I was off. I was on bereavement leave. Right. So. So. Which is a sad subject. I, I was. So, I was bereaved. You were bereaved. I was bereaved. And no, you go I, back to work tomorrow night. I go back to work tomorrow night. I'm actually pretty excited. It's been a week. It's been nice to be off, but there's a there's been stuff happening in the city, and I mean, you know how it is, and you feel guilty when things are going on, and you're. Sitting at home, not yeah. dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you how how bad I feel. So okay, you used to feel bad. Well, hold on, because I got so today <laughs> since I work my PD right next door to O'Hare, mm-hmm. I don't take a cab or have some family member drive me to the airport. I park my car at my PD, and a squad drops me off at the airport. So when I fly in, I do go hello, come pick me up. So today, my buddy Jimmy comes to pick me up. And he goes, man, he's on the major crash. Uh, he's a crash investigator. So the task force I was on for the homicide team, they have a crash investigation unit. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy, Jimmy's on that. So before I left, we had a fatal. Actually, the day I left, I called my, my, my old sergeant, who's now on the day shift lieutenant, and I said, hey, man, can you give us a ride to the airport? And he's like, well, we just had a fatal traffic crash. We're all kind of busy. I'm like, well, you're being pretty selfish. <laughs> Can't you just drive us <laughs> to the fucking airport? 
You're a lieutenant. How busy are you? Come on. <laughs> yeah. So You're not that doing was the anything day for it. Right. There was a hit and run fatal. Ooh. So that was the day. Well, they end up catching that guy. Good. So my buddy Jimmy, who picked me up, he's on the crash investigation team. So he's working that. He worked an 18-hour day on that Monday. He worked a 32-hour day the next two days. I mean, in a row, Ooh. 32 hours in a row. Yeah, so that's he more could, than one day. Because the offender is from, eh, not from this country. So if they didn't get him charged, he might have fled the country. Uh, okay. So he had so to package the whole case. and He had to do the whole thing and get it to the state's attorney. So they did all that so they could charge him before charging him later so he wouldn't run away. In the middle of that, they had an attempted homicide domestic violence case. Nice. Where a guy... I mean, not nice, but... No, but... So case. he's telling me this, you know. I'm like, fuck, am I glad I was on a mountain? <laughs> he's like, everyone's working 18 hours. I'm like, nope, didn't miss it. Don't call this me. Guy. Don't so, care. <laughs> so in the week that I've been gone, there have been two homicides. Oh, how about that? No. Last night was, was a rough one for the guys, though. They, uh, granted, it was my regular off day, but um, our guys responded to a uh, sideshow issued over 200. I think it was, the final count was 207 traffic citations. Oh, that's where you, you told me that people do burnouts and shit. Yeah, they like take over, completely take over major intersections, uh, do donuts, um, people get out of their cars, people bring guns. People shoot guns up in the air. People shoot people. Um, and it's stupid, and we don't tolerate it in my city. And so, you shouldn't. Uh, yeah. Over 100 cars showed up to take over the intersection. So we sent basically the entire swing shift <laughs> of the city uh, to that intersection, and they completely boxed everybody in. Issued 200 traffic citation, towed a few cars, arrested a couple people, and uh, our guys also responded then to the shooting of a 15-year-old, identified the, the suspect, and then arrested the suspect, and then responded to a shooting in a gang neighborhood where one person died and one person did not die. Oh, yeah, and then there was a protest where these, um, I'm going to call them asshats because <laughs> I'm trying to be real nice. Don't be nice. Of, we don't, trying dude, to watch, trying to we watch don't my, cut, we, we don't try to watch my language. Trying, no, to, no, no. trying to watch my language a little bit, but yeah, these okay. asshats... Um, have in basically been protesting on and off since the George Floyd riots. Uh, they started out just following BLM, then they traveled up to Seattle and Portland. And I'm going to say they trained and learned from that and then tried to bring that to our city okay. and have increasingly escalated things to where they've basically advertised something that insinuated that they were going to try and assassinate the mayor. And then now they're posting pictures of their protest. This is their uh, radical month of action, radical September of action, uh, where every Friday they're going to protest something, where they're going to walk from City Hall to the police department. And the most recent one, they uh, were, because they are on Instagram and everything, and uh, like they're idiots. They don't realize that we monitor that shit. So, you know, keep posting it. It's fine. It makes great evidence in court, by the way. Um, where now they smart. have uh, decapitated pig's heads with apples in it that they have left at the police department last night. And uh, I'm kind of at the point where let's just start rounding them up. I'm all for exercising your First Amendment right, but when you start to threaten people, 
and you that's start not to a threaten First Amendment right. No, no, no. When you start threatening people, that's when you lose that. That's when the First Amendment doesn't cover you. You you right. have exceeded the scope of that amendment. And I would say basically insinuating political assassinations and trying to kill, or basically protesting the existence of police officers. Like, not just us as police officers, just our existence as human beings. Uh, that's where you cross the line for me. And maybe we should just, um, I don't know, take them all to jail. I'd, I'd be good with that. Let's not get carried away. Why would we want to prosecute offen- uh, offenders? I know. Well, or we could just, I mean, I could cite them all for being pedestrians in the roadway, obstructing traffic. Yeah. I'd be fine. With, I'm fine with doing piddly shit. Fine, why not? <laughs> you're working 10 hours. Lock <laughs> yeah. them up. I'm here. Then you're and the really nice thing is jail is super close to RPD, so it's literally just like around the corner. Yeah, just drop them off. You don't have to deal with them anymore after that. Screw them, man. I'm done. I'm done with people. Yeah, so they can uh, they can go suck an egg. So you weren't off. You weren't working. You miss being at work because you know you're a good guy, and you want to help, and you're looking forward to going back tomorrow night. So, what did your week consist of? So my week consisted of. Um, well, uh, getting getting new tools. Since the last show, I've uh, gotten new tools. <laughs> I've also set up new tools. And I finally set a tool up that I bought a long time ago. <laughs> so I had, uh, I had bought a bandsaw a while ago. Because during the Christmas season last time, I like it would have come in real handy for making some of the nice cuts or curved cuts on a uh, couple charcuterie boards, which I used a jigsaw for. Worked fine, but it was really rough. And I figured the bandsaw would help smooth that out. So I bet a bandsaw. A little cheap little uh, win, nine-inch bandsaw. Uh, I had bench one, top one Yeah. It's fine. I mean, I'm not doing a ton of work with bandsaws. So I have one, like, chunk of walnut I'd like to resaw. So it'll be nice for that. Um, Send it to me, and I'll resaw it on my Laguna. Well, I can resaw it now because I have my bandsaw put together. But it might might break that bandsaw. <laughs> It could, and when it does, I'll kick it, and I'll cash in the warranty and get a new one, (laughs) and then promptly sell it. Um, So, no, I got that all set up, um, and then I bought the... So, I have the Ortor Laser, not the new Laser Master Pro that everybody has gone out and gotten recently. I have the older one, the Laser Master 2, and then um, I have the 15 Water, so the kind of mid-range one. Okay. So I bought the rotary attachment. So what it does is instead of uh, the laser moving along the Y-axis, it takes a cylindrical object and it rotates it as your Y-axis and you can engrave things on curved uh, objects. Like glasses and mugs. Yeah, such as... Let me see the mug. And these will be available for purchase at the Etsy shop of the Full House Woodworking. Look at that. Yeah, so this, <laughs> I, I learned several things uh, setting it up. It, it took about an hour, hour and a half to actually put together. And then actually figuring out how to use it took about two days. So <laughs> I, I learned that I need to invert images before I start burning them. Okay. And, and then... Um, Sometimes not all of these tumblers are coded the same. So I was coding one that 
I spent like $15 on at, from Target. And it just looked like the, the chrome underneath did not look bright or anything. It looked like it was subdued. It looked kind of like it was a ghost thing, which, I mean, kind of looked cool, but it was not what I was looking for. So, I mean, I must have burned just a half dozen different tests on this thing, and I could not get it dialed in. And we had gone to uh, the Goodwill store, because there's one close by to our house, and we found a bunch of these powder-coated tumblers. We're like, well, these will make great test pieces, because they're like two bucks. Grabbed a couple of those, and I go, fine, you know what? I'm just going to throw one on there, and I'm just going to try a test on this one, because this, this other one is basically used up. Ran one burn on it. And it was perfect. <laughs> nice. Like, oh, it wasn't me. So I got that all set up. Um, cool. Used the laser to uh, engrave a sign for for a winemaker up in wine country. And got that sent out. Napa then, Valley. The, yeah. I'm up not drinking then, Merlot. I'm not drinking fucking Merlot. Shout out to Paul Giamani. Um, so... I got that sign sent off to him. I uh, got the um, care package sent off to David Miller to thank him for all that he's done in my laser endeavors and for asking a question for the yeah. show. Support for the show. So got that sent off. So he should have that by the time this airs. So I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Like I sent him a, I made him a bottle opener with two of his favorite teams engraved on it with the laser. Cowboys? Uh, no. No, dude, he's from Southern California. He's a Rams fan. It's, I mean, that's oh, oh, Bears not, are gonna that, kick their ass tomorrow that is night. Not better than cow than being a Cowboys fan. It's on par. Uh, and he's a Padre fan. Being a Giants fan, I, I've been giving him shit pretty much the whole season. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no, send him that, and then send him a full house hat and some stickers and some board cool. wax. So, send him off all his stuff, and then uh, sold a it, my first ingrain cutting board. And then also made a little uh, little serving tray to go with it at a walnut and cherry, wow, which are both listed on my Etsy store. So I saw them. Want those listed? So I liked them. Yeah, I appreciate that. Now I just got to get somebody to buy something off of there. Brandon but no, I, has an Etsy page. That was the other thing that happened. I finally decided to set up the Etsy store because you brought up a very good point. It costs like roughly three hundred dollars to run a website through Squarespace. Right, with e-commerce. Yes, with e-commerce. Right, not so, just a cheap website. Yeah, so the question was, am I going to do $301 worth of online sales? Well, more because of the time it takes to set it up. So maybe would yeah. you do 400 bucks? Yeah, for like $400 to do of online sales. I don't think I will. Maybe during the Christmas season. Um, paying 20 cents for a listing isn't that bad, especially when I can add all the different variations to a single listing. So like my flags, like I have a shit ton. Yeah. Right. Of variations that people can, can yeah, pick from. So, uh, I have that up there. I have the ingrain cutting boards, the serving boards and bottle opener or did I put the bottle openers up there? I think I did. I'm not sure. I have like three or four things up there. Um, and I'm constantly adding one of the things I was going to add is the tumblers. Yeah. So I had po posted, uh, on there, my, my, my little endeavor and immediately got hit up for, I think I'm at 11 that need to get made and sent out. <laughs> Good so, for you, man. So as awesome as that is, 
um, having family members that have during the uh, the whole pandemic started up their own stuff and want to advertise it and chose me to to do that for them. I'm it, extremely grateful, uh, but I'm gonna have to delay putting those up because <laughs> I got to get those made first. Yeah, get that stuff done. So, yeah, and even Annie started making she she started doing like these um, epoxy coated tumblers. Where like she takes the stainless steel ones, spray paints them, puts a bunch okay. of glitter shit on there, uses her cricket to put some vinyl, and yeah. then like mod podges and pours epoxy over it, and has like a little turner that'll spin it. So she's gonna probably we're gonna probably have a whole section on the store just for different kinds of tumblers. Okay. And then that's cool. Yeah, and then the rest of it was just helping out around here with the uh, online schooling and or not online schooling, but uh, homeschooling. Because we don't want to do online schooling anymore, and I don't trust our school district to not do that. So that online and then, schooling, uh, yeah, for you know, third and first graders, right? So helped with that, and uh, okay, then spent the end of the week uh, back in the Central Valley where it is very hot. It was also very hot where I was. Yeah, but at least you were at, like, elevation. There had to be a nice little breeze coming through. Had to be under, what was it, under 100? High 80s. Ah, well, you're closer to the sun. Mike, I was in 104. <laughs> yeah, but you're supposed to be. You're in the valley. No, no, I'm not supposed to be in 104. That's why I left the valley. That's why I live here. Oh, where, are like, you higher? N- no, we're, I'm just closer to the coast. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we get the marine layer at night. It's awesome, like. Even on hot days when it gets to like ninety five, a hundred, it the low is like in the fifties because we get the marine layer coming in over the coastal mountains, and okay. it just blows right into here. And then we have a mountain range that separates us from the Central Valley, so it just kind of all gets stuck in here, and it keeps us nice and cool. Is that why you don't have air conditioning? Yeah. Okay, but what about during the day when it's a hundred degrees outside? <laughs> It honestly does not get very hot inside of our house. Oh. It's weird. It, it's weird. I, I don't understand it. It's like 90. It's science. 95 and up is a rarity, except last year. Last year it sucked. Okay. Because it didn't cool off as n- enough, so our house never got below like 75 for like a month, and it was it okay. was rough. How are the, since I haven't seen the news, how mm-hmm. are the fires? Uh, they're making a lot of headway. Um, it's in, in all honesty. So last year, the fires got a lot of press, uh, because they were one historic and two, um, I think everybody was just tired of hearing about COVID. Like everyone was getting really depressed. I'm sure you saw it too, but out here, um, I responded to an abnormal amount of attempted suicides and successful suicides. So I think the news, you know, local media kind of was getting that and didn't want to make a bad situation worse. So I'll give them credit for that. So they focused on the fires (laughs) and that depressing stuff. Um, It was also a lot closer to where I am, but this year it's all COVID, 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 COVID. They don't even talk about the hundreds of Americans and American allies that are still stuck, stranded in Afghanistan that American citizens, American veterans, 
are and nonprofits are going out of their own pocket and rescuing these people by the hundreds. Wow. So yeah. if you're out there they, listening and you care about that stuff, do not let the news cycle move on. Continue to talk about the people stuck in Afghanistan. Right. Please. Because the White House ain't. Nope. He's losing no. his patience. Didn't he, th- once again, Sp- not home. Spoken, spoken like a true dictator. Haven't seen the news. Did he threaten no. other governors? I So I can't watch his speeches anymore because I get really, really, really mad. Yeah. And I go on these rants. <laughs> and I think my wife's just tired of hearing it. And I don't like the way it makes me feel. Right. So... I don't listen when when the president of the United States talks, I stop listening. If you're the president of the United States, that's a problem. Right? If if average Joe isn't listening to you anymore, kind of weakens your ability to lead. Uh but anyways, I, I, I personally think the twenty fifth amendment should be invoked. Even though I don't want Kamala Harris to have the honor of being the very first female president because I think she's a horrible human being who will say and do anything to get elected. has nothing to do with her gender, race, or anything like that. She's just a bad person. Just just bad, bad inside and out. Between the two of them, we're stuck with them until 2024. Uh, about as political as I'll get. I, I could sure as hell go for a mean tweet, dude. A mean tweet and a cheap tank of gas. So I, I made that statement and realized my mic was off. <laughs> I, I asked if the president and vice president were ever traveling together at the same time, and you said no. They're never in the same place at the same time. And I said, kind of like Clark Kent and Superman, but yeah. they're not that type of a person. They're not that yeah. nice of a person. You heard that part. I know you heard it, but it okay. wasn't on tape. Oh. <laughs> so As long as we get it on tape now. Redundancy. <laughs> I like to mute my mic when you're talking so I don't interrupt you. Oh, okay. You know. And then if I move something in the shop, you won't hear it, like, clank around. Oh. The more but you apparently know. I forgot to unmute it. <laughs> so. Eh, that, that's eh. the risky run. It's a risky yeah. run, Mike. It's a risky game. So. so yeah, that's, I was fiddling around in the shop a lot. So that was really right, cool. cool. That's good, man, because you don't get a lot of chances to do that. Yeah, especially now. Apparently, I'm coaching fall baseball. I don't remember. Kind of talked yourself into that one. I don't remember volunteering for it. You were voluntold. No, no, because my wife even goes, you're doing, you're coaching fall ball? I'm coaching fall ball? <laughs> what? Because we joined the uh, the Little League board. And okay. I, I I remember telling the president, because he asked me, he goes, hey, would you, you know, would you mind coaching with really short coaches? I go, well... My schedule might be changing, so I don't know what my availability is going to be, and it's going to be taking on a lot more work if I have a recruit and all this stuff. So, right. like, I'll see and I'll let you know, and then all of a sudden I'm coaching a football team. So good for you, if you can. Great, I'm super. excited. I coached my daughter with my wife. We were the coaches. Yeah, she was the only girl in little league from the time. I got two girls on my team. Pretty That's awesome. That. Because at the time we were. We lived out in southwest suburbs next to a city called Naperville, which is pretty popular in Illinois. It's a big city. And Naperville has a lot of money. 
and a lot of snobs. Nice. So I remember, I think my daughter was, her first coach was my friend Todd Riley, who passed, Jesus, maybe 10 years ago already. And so Todd passed. We had a baseball field in our subdivision, literally right behind my house. I was on the board of, uh, of the Homeowners Association at the time. And I was also on the board of the Little League, Lyle Little League at the time. I was the in-house director for the Little League. So this was after coaching my daughter for like seven years. She, she played baseball till she was 13, which was Pony League in Illinois. She was the only girl the whole time. Yeah, it's universal nationwide. All right. Well, I know because some have other steps that we didn't have. Other horse names. <laughs> Not just Pony League, but, you know, Bronco, whatever. So anyways, it must have been Morgan's third year in the league, so she was probably eight or nine. And one of these snobby Naperville stuck-up bitch moms was standing behind uh, the batting bat- backstop. And I happened to be behind her, warming up my pitcher. And she's like, is that a girl out there with the boys? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's a girl. How long? You, I didn't know girls can play baseball. I'm like, yeah, no, girls can play baseball, <laughs> especially yeah. that one that's out there. It's she can play baseball. No, it's she, not hard. In fact, and she's probably better than your son. She was like the third best player on our team every year. And every year, now we ran the tryouts because we were the, on the board. Every year she would show up, but the volunteers that we had checking people in, we didn't know them. So Morgan would show up with her baseball gear, and the people at the desk would go, oh, I'm sorry, honey. Softball tryouts aren't until next week. And she's like, I'm here to play baseball. So good for you that there's two girls on your team. Yeah, no, I love it. I'm My oldest daughter plays uh, coach pitch baseball. She's not doing fall ball because she's focusing on her dance and gymnastics stuff. Because she's okay. recently started gymnastics and absolutely loves it. Like, I've been telling her she would for the last two years. <laughs> so, I got to have a nice little, <laughs> I told you so. So, yeah, I've been telling her since she was four that you would love gymnastics. You do somersaults, cartwheels, and all that shit. You would yeah. just love it. And it took actually watching the Olympics and seeing gymnastics. She's like, I want to do that. Like, nice. That's gymnastics. Cool. Oh. So, yes, yeah, doing that. My son's doing fall ball. He actually just okay. told me he wants to play football next year. How, how do you feel about that? I got to do some looking into the leagues here to make sure that they coach it right. Because I need it I need it to be a heads-up league. Otherwise, he's not going to play it. Of course. Um, but, no, I, I, I love football. Football is a great teacher for teamwork. Um, like baseball, you can get by with one player not doing their job. Football, if you don't have, if you have one player not doing their job, the whole thing falls apart. Right. It's like baseball. I can get away with my right fielder picking his nose for like two, three batters. I can't get away with, you know, right tackle my my, my right down. guard. Yeah. Sitting flat on his ass for two, two, three plays. So I'm super excited with that. My wife not so much excited. So I got to do some. Right. I got to get a year to massage gotta, that. Got to coach up the wife. <laughs> yeah. So. 
But no, All it's right, it's well, fun. It, it's a fun time. How was uh, how was your trip out into the great outdoors, Mike? It was amazing. Uh, I've got stuff from work that we'll talk about next week because we're going to just keep this light short this week. But I was off the week. We flew out on Monday the 6th, flew out to uh, Wyoming to do a hike in the Grand Tetons National Park. Brandon likes when I say Tetons. Tetons. I like Tetons. <laughs> I like Tetons. We're going to say. We flew into Jackson Hole. On Monday, that airport is so cool, dude. You fly in. Now, I've flown to Alaska, which is scary as all get out. Years ago, my first hiking trip was in Alaska with the same guy I hiked with this week. And we flew to Seattle where we had to sleep overnight, which was cool because anytime I go to a city that has a baseball team, I go to a game if they're in town. So I can see a game and check off the stadium on my list. So that year, A-Rod was coming back as a Yankee to Seattle for the first time. Oh, wow. They, someone made fake money with his face on it. And every time he'd come up, they would throw it over the railings. It was like raining down. <laughs> so uh, then, then you fly from Seattle to Petersburg, Alaska. Then we had to take a float plane from, from Petersburg to an A-frame house on the lake and the thing lands on the lake and says, see you in five days. So <laughs> hope you're not <laughs> dead. And it's, I'll tell you about that trip some other time. So um, same guy I, I hike with all the time, but the airport story is Jackson hole. Like the runway feels like it's 12 feet long. Like in Alaska, the planes just drop in because there's, there's no runway. So here you're coming in through the mountains. It's so beautiful. When you deboard the plane, you know, I'm used to O'Hare, right? Everyone's running around with their hair on fire. You got to find your gate. Yeah. You get off the plane outside in Jackson. <laughs> There's no terminals. It's like one L-shaped building. And they bring the stairs up to the plane, and you get off, and there's mountains right there. And right away, you know that you're in, like, heaven, right? So Monday night, we stayed in, in Jackson itself, and we didn't. We didn't go out or anything. We had to go grocery shopping, pick up our permits, all that kind of stuff. So Tuesday, we headed out for the hike, and we did a three-day, two-night loop. It was about 24 miles, and the first night is all... We started out, I think, at 7,200 feet in elevation, and we got up to 9,800, I think, that day, and what's called the upper paintbrush area and we hiked we camped there and it was so bad brandon i've i've done i don't know six or seven hikes this is the first time i couldn't breathe and i you know like two months ago i thought i'm gonna train for my hike so i'm gonna come home after working all night and then run and walk and do all this shit that lasted a week (laughs) <laughs> then I went on vacation to Texas and it switched. I had to flip my schedule. Didn't exercise when I was there. Came home, had to readjust my schedule to being back on nights, too tired to work out, went on another trip. So I, <laughs> I didn't train whatsoever. I was so far behind my friends, my buddies Dave, Mark, and Nick. I could barely see him up ahead of me. And finally, I just told him, listen, man, 
And my buddy Mark, who's my main hiking buddy, he said, listen, it's set your own pace, right? Not everyone goes the same. Altitude affects people differently. Set your own pace. I said, that's fine. But if we come to a fork in the trail and you make the turn and I don't see you, I'm going the opposite direction just because that's <laughs> where I am. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. I don't have a map. I brought a compass. I don't know how to read it. I have no idea where we're supposed to be going. Well, you have a and compass, but you don't know how to read it. You might as well just throw it away. <laughs> well, I know what north is, but I don't know which direction. I don't know where we're supposed to be going. You mean you so don't know how to two, shoot an azimuth? Two years ago, no. He taught oh, me man. in Alaska. Well, I forgot. Two years ago, when we did Wind River in Wyoming, it's grizzly country. So, I didn't sleep at all then. Because I was horrified of grizzlies coming into our camp. So this year, <laughs> we're, at, we're getting my bear can, not a beer can, a bear can. And it's right, kind of like that. Well, you stuff a, all your food in it. It's in a, it's in a koozie. It seals. It's kind of like a bear can. It's like it's a, a bear, bear can, can. Beer can. Right. You seal the lid, and then you store it about 100 yards away from your camp. Anything that has a scent in it goes in this can. So toothpaste. You can't bring soap. So put that stuff away. So we had to get the bear can and then get our permits. And the ranger, he gets the map out. Where are you guys going? Mark tells him. Oh, yeah. Okay. So upper paintbrush. Okay. And he, he goes, these are the best campsites. And then big bear problem. He circles. He writes on the, on the map, bears. <laughs> Mark goes, oh, this is going to be great. Dave's going to love this. He goes, we're having a bear problem up there. Bears, writes bears up on there. And then he says, you know, then the next day you're going to be over here. Look for this campsite. Not, we've got a report of a mom and some cubs, but nothing as much as the first site. And then the third day you're out, whatever. Okay. So Mark brings back the piece of paper and he shows Dave, look, bears. Bears. You're going to have a bear issue the first night. So we make it up to camp. I think we got on the trail about 9, trailhead about 9 o'clock in the morning. Dude, by 9.10, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> my, my temples were pounding. Did you ever get that? Yeah, in Denver. <laughs> you could feel your heartbeat in your head, Oh, yeah. Right? I have to, like, I take, I walk maybe, eh, 100 feet, stop. 100 feet stop. I, I was so tired. So we get to camp. It's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, unbelievable, dude. We're, you know, we set up camp early, and then you got nothing to do, right? Because it's there's nothing. You're in the middle of nature. So we're near water. Fill up our water bladder. That filters it so you don't have to you know, die or put pills or whatever in it. Set up the tents. And then it's just like, you know, we cook dinner. It's my favorite part of hiking. I get these meals from Mary Jane's Farms, and they're un-effing believable. You boil your water, and then you pour them in the pouch, and you close the pouch for 10 minutes, and then it's heaven. But it only takes like three minutes to eat it, and then you're like, what's next? <laughs> Sounds an awful lot like eat. an MRE. It kind of is, but so good. Except you so don't even have that. to boil water. You just like... Put the little food pouch in the yeah. warming bag. Okay. And it's got a little activator in it that when you pour water on it, it heats it up. Okay. And you just set it off to the side for like five minutes and it heats All up right. your food. These are very good meals. So 
every time I go, I struggle with my food, right? In the mornings, I have a packet of oatmeal. And at night, I have these Mary Jane's farm meals. But for lunch, you just bring like stuff you like to eat. Well, you can't make sandwiches. So candy bars, right? Protein bars, mixed nuts, salt, because you want to be able to hold the water in, retain water. Well, I thought, I'm going to make the most awesome trail mix. I brought freeze-dried strawberries, blueberries, bananas, pineapple. I bought M&Ms. I grabbed mixed nuts. I made this. I made like a 14-pound bag. Now, mind you, every ounce counts when you're carrying a 50-pound pack, right? As you know. Yeah. I overpack every effing time. So I make this, make this trail mix. I got beef jerky. I got some Snickers bars and Three Musketeers bars. The problem is I stopped eating sugar like six, eh, three months ago. <laughs> I haven't had sugar. Uh. I don't like it anymore. But now I have to eat this shit. So high altitude, can't breathe, lost my appetite. Didn't want to eat. But you have to force yourself to eat. Yeah. I was drinking my Gatorade and stuff, but I had to force myself to eat. But when the nighttime comes around and you lay your mat out on the ground and look up and see the Milky Way and we count satellites and shooting stars. And oh, by the way, we saw a UFO. Now, Mark and Dave saw a UFO in Montana last year that did stuff like this. Hover down here, over here, up here, down here. For like two hours, it was doing it. The one we saw Tuesday night came from behind the mountains. Now, there's an airport somewhat nearby, but you can tell what the planes are. They're very high. They got the red and white blinking lights, you know, and they they move. This thing came out from behind the mountain, orange. It was orange, glowing orange. Came out, stayed there, moved down, went back up, over this way. Around the, we were watching it. Mark goes, "What the? Two years in a row, he's thinking he's seeing a UFO. It wasn't normal, <laughs> I, and it technically is an unidentified flying object. Maybe you, not. You were unable to identify it, right? But it was bizarre. But the nights there, dude, not a cloud in the sky, quadrillion stars. It's unbelievable. So you kind of forget about all the pain it took to get to that point. Yeah." And then Mark goes, oh, tomorrow. In the morning, it starts all over again. We'll have, a, <laughs> we'll have a better day tomorrow after we get over the saddle. So he's you know, thinking a three-hour hike up to the saddle to where you finally go over the mountain and then start coming down. And it was a mother. Unbelievable, really. And then a lot of it is all the broken rocks. So your feet are sliding yeah. and slipping and you're trying to walk on granite that's falling so the cool thing was and i i haven't since i just got home i didn't download anything uncle harold who you who have spoken about before on the show maybe a year and a half ago he gave me a body camera and it's a like the ones you wear same size it's got clip and he gave it to me for work but i i explained to him i can't use it at work because it has to be a work-owned one that downloads automatically and I have no, I can't mess with it and all that other stuff. And we don't have cameras. He said, okay, we'll just keep it anyways. Maybe you can use it. So I brought it with. I just had this idea where I'll clip it on my top strap and just record while I walk. And 
And I can take uh, pictures with it too. Oh, cool. Stills. While it's recording, I could take stills. I used it last year when we went to Kentucky and did zip lining. And we did a, we did a six hour overnight ghost hunt at Waverly Hills Sanator- Sanatorium. So I used the infrared on the body cam with that last year. So I, already, I looked at the footage and of this trip, and it's stunning. High def, walking up the mountains, through the, you know, down by the river. Unbelievable. So I'm really looking forward to editing that. And then the next night, you know, once we got over that, I thought I was going to die going up <laughs> over the sledge. 10,700 feet up there. And at the very top, there's a peak. And we wanted to get a picture of us standing on there. So one of the guys takes his phone, which takes horrible pictures, by the way. He was, every picture he took was blurry. It was an iPhone. And he sets it up on a rock with a timer, and it's like sitting down here. He's trying to look at it. We're way up on the rocks up there. He's trying to do this. And finally, two young hikers come up, and they're like, would you like us to take a picture for you? You, you want like, us yes, to just please. do it? <laughs> yeah. So we all get up on top of this peak, and it's such a cool picture. So... That was fun. And then the rest of the way down was better breathing-wise or on my – because I was going down and wasn't exerting as much. Mm -hmm. But still, here's the problem at night. You know the bear thing? Yeah. When we got up after the first night, we were packing up camp in the place that said they had a lot of bears. Three of us were on one side of the camp, and my buddy Mark was near his tent. He had just finished packing it up. And he had his back, just so people know that are listening and watching. When you're out in the back country, you poop out in the woods. What? Just like the bears. You mean what? there's no, like... So you have to go off, Portishire? dig a hole, do your thing, bury it, whatever. That's got to be the scariest time that you're hiking other than when you're sleeping. Like the first night we set up, Mark and I, our tents are next to each other. And then Dave and Nick, they're our, like across the way. I swear to God, I'm in the tent maybe a half an hour. I hear, I'm like, son of a bitch. (laughs) There's a bear in my camp. I'm like, Mark, do you hear that? He's like, what? I go, was that you snoring or is that a bear? Because you can't open the tent. You got your bear spray with you inside your tent. He's like, I was sleeping. It was him. He was snoring and it sounded like a bear. (laughs) I was horrified. Last year, the last time we were there, we had this guy set off sensors. Guy put up <laughs> sensors, motion sensors around his area, and they kept going off. This time, I'm hearing Mark snore. I think it's a bear. So in the morning, we're packing up, and sure enough, Dave and Nick and I are on one side of the camp, and Dave goes, bear, 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 there's a bear over there. <laughs> and Nick and I are looking up. like We're like looking all over the place. <laughs> what? And it was 15 feet behind Mark, oh, shit. and Mark had his back to it. And I have, we have a, I have a picture of it I'll show he was walking right behind Mark. You could not hear a single breath from this bear. Had Dave not said anything, no one would have known he walked through because he wasn't, <laughs> no noises. It's like walking on pillows or something. I didn't even hear his feet. <laughs> and he came from the area where Mark had just taken a shit. Jeez. So that would have been pretty scary had that happened when Mark was doing that and the bear came in. I guarantee you one so he walked shit through our camp. quick. Yeah, yeah, it would. Bear came in, goes down by the river or by the creek, and we got pictures of it down there. And there was a camp, one other campsite, that whole area that we had seen, 
up on the little ledge there. And he starts going up towards that ledge. And Nick's yelling, there's a bear coming your way. <laughs> and they're like, thanks. And then they run out from their camp and they come around it down the hill. And he started moseying up towards their site. And then I lost sight of it because I wanted to get the hell out of there. Can, <laughs> so I'm like, can, can we up. go? Can we go, guys, please? Can, can we go? Must go faster. And Nick's taking pictures still. And they, he sees these people throwing rocks at it. Like to get it away from their camp. He would have just went by. You're not gonna bother anybody. So we we get second night we we get down a little bit lower elevation. And the whole time I can't breathe. Plus your nose is all clogged. It's super dry, elevation. You don't want to eat. But the second night too, same thing. Beautiful no UFOs, but beautiful stars, you know. Amazing. Milky Way, all that stuff, shooting stars, satellites. And in the morning we're packing up and a fox comes in camp. And Dave goes, hey, there's a fox coming your way. I'm like, where? He's like, right there. He's on the trail. I come around the corner. And he's looking right at me. He's like five feet away from me, like, like my pet dog. I'm like, hey, guy, what you doing? He's just like looking at He had black boots on his, you know, his legs. <laughs> Not real boots. I, but I his, know. I've seen his, a fox. His colors were unbelievable. He had to be maybe a year old. And he was just looking at me. And then he started running through our camp. And I thought, he started running towards my tent, which was open. I had taken all the stuff out of it, and I was just starting to unpack everything, you know, or pack everything up. So I saw him run towards my tent, and I thought, oh, shit. He's going to go in my tent. Great. I have and a I'm going to have now. a fox in my tent that I can't get out. Similar to when I tasered a pit bull who was fighting another pit bull at work, where I, I get called for the, do- the pit bull's fighting, and I race up at the corner, there's a bus stop on one side of the street, two pit bulls fighting on the other side of the street. I jump out of my squad with the door open, and I taser the pit bull who starts shaking, and then I think, what's going to happen in five seconds when the taser stops? Well, he's going to be pissed, Mike. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I waited, and it was like forever, and then the taser stopped, and the dog jumped up, scared to death, ran away, into my squad where I quickly closed the door and I had a, like an angry pit bull in my car. He jumped over my MDT onto my bag and was pissing all over the place. And I thought, oh shit, now I got an angry pit bull in my car. Kind of like Ricky Bobby at the Cougar. <laughs> Down Karen. <laughs> and by the time I got back to the station, which was 20 minutes later, there was awards all up on the walls for Mike tasering a pit bull. And I had to wear a ribbon that they pinned to my uniform. But back to the fox. <laughs> That's what went through my head. But, when he was running around what, our campsite. What did the fox say? Yeah, he, uh, he said, I'm out of here, and he ran away. Thank God. He, he ran twice around our camp, and then he split. So as far as that goes, we saw some moose at one point in the park. And on the way out, by the way, if you ever go out to the Grand Teton and try and do a hike there, there's this unbelievable lake, Jenny Lake. Nine million people must have been fucking hiking, doing day hikes that day coming in as we're trying to get the heck out of the park and they have no hiking etiquette. Now, if you don't know, when you hike in the backcountry, if you see other hikers coming, whoever's going uphill has the right of way. So those people descending will stop and get off the trail as far as you can if there's room to let the people that are working really hard to go by. These fucking assholes with their masks on 
Hello, outside, hiking with your masks on, up a hill or downhill with no regard to actual fucking hikers that are in the park, passing us on a ledge with a drop-off of several hundred feet because they don't know how to move the fuck over or just stop. I was ready to kill somebody. And to make it worse, I had to take a shit so bad. (laughs) (laughs) We were two hours out from getting out of the park, and I said to Mark, is there a porta potty? Because so, now there's nine million people coming in. We have to be close to something that has a porta potty. And he goes, "Dude, we're two hours out still. There's nothing. No, there's nothing. You you are up. You gotta shit go. You gotta go. The paddle. And I'm like, there's no way I can hold this. So we, he goes, wait till we branch off. There'll be a section way at the bottom, and we'll branch in a certain direction away from the tourist assholes." You should be able to find some cover there. I'm like, all right. And thank God, like 20 minutes later, I was able to duck off into the woods and take care of business and then get back on the trail and get the hell out of there. But I want to say it was a fantastic trip because the things that you see when you're in the backcountry, you don't get to see just going for a day. You literally have to put the work in to get there to see this stuff. And it's worth it. But I just won't do this trip again because the altitude was at my age. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And then I came home and my wife's like, aren't you going back on vacation? <laughs> it's like, as soon as I got home. You had a vacation from I, that vacation. I stopped at Popeye's to get um, chicken tenders, spicy. And I brought it home and my family was out at a birthday party. So it's just me and the dog welcomed me home. And he likes to take food. So <laughs> he greeted me. And then I opened up my food and I quickly turned the, the White Sox pregame show on. And I thought, oh shit, I left my straw. First of all, the house was like 90 degrees when I walked in. I'm like, what the fuck? I specifically told someone, hey, it's going to be very hot today. Close the windows and turn on the air. Didn't happen. The air wasn't on and the window in the bedroom was wide open. So it was hot as, you know, all get out. So hot I fixed that Satan's problem. asshole. Yeah, right, because I have air, and it has to be on, because I don't like a hot house and humid. So then I open up my chicken and stuff, and I go to reach for my drink, and I don't have my straw. So I'm like, shit, it's in the garage in the car still. I'm going to leave my chicken here. <laughs> my dog's laying on the floor right there. And that was Mike's if fatal I'm, mistake. If I'm quick enough, he won't even realize that there's food out, and I'll be back with my straw. So I sprint through the house and open the service door to the garage. And when I run out, we've got a 1967 fucking rototiller right outside my fucking door with handles that are like <laughs> ape hangers on a fucking Harley. And my pinky hits that goddamn handle. I swear to God, I broke my pinky. I don't know. I can't close it. I'm not really sure. So I get my fucking straw. I run back in. My hand's killing me. Dog hasn't moved. He's still laying on the floor. Thank God I didn't eat my chicken. But as soon as the wife came home, I'm like, we got to get rid of that fucking rototiller that's in the garage. She's like, oh, I'm so glad you're home. <laughs> yeah, I'm home. So I'm home, baby. My, I'm back. Mike's home, everyone. <laughs> and I'm off for another week. Yep. I don't go back to work till the 20th. Jeez. So when I went to the station to, you know, to pick up my car, I had to grab all my gear, my rifle, my, uh, my belt, 
and my vest and stuff because on the 19th we have range day outdoors and an outdoor uh, range rifle day we're going to be shooting a lot of doing a lot of rifle training for fun stuff and i'm not anywhere near my work so i had to grab all that stuff too and come home so i'm looking forward to doing that but so i won't have anything to do with work this week but next weekend saturday sunday my brother-in-law is coming to tile my bathroom so okay. i have tomorrow i'm going to run to the, one of the stores get all the tile and then i'm going to finish all the mudding i have left in the bathroom as much as i need to because he the area where he's going to tile is pretty much ready so i'll get that done and then i cut all the trim work all the milling the mill work for the uh, boxes for the wainscoting mm -hmm. a few weeks ago i had numbered everything labeled everything i had the two miter saws going down here so that's all bundled up and ready to go i have all the boxes drawn on the wall under the chair rail so i'm going to I'm going to tomorrow, when I go get my tile and stuff, I'm going to pick up all the poplar for the five flags I need to do. And then I'm going to get the Ryobi 18-gauge battery-operated brad nailer. It's a good nailer. Because I'm tired of hauling up my air compressor upstairs, which scares the shit out of my dog. So this week I will have all that trim work finished. The bathroom will be done by the end of next week. The tile will be done. I'll just have to do the painting and stuff. And then find someone to grout the tile because I don't like grouting because it hurts my back and my knees. So I'm um, hopefully we'll find a grouter to do that. Otherwise, I'll just have to do it. But this week, I'm still awake during the day. Nice. I've got, I have traffic court Tuesday. And I have, oh shit, I have an eye appointment. So as you can see, I'm wearing my black Oakley glasses, which were a Randy Jackson type of fashion statement a few years ago. I then went to the Thin Wire Oakleys, and as I was wiping a lens off before I left on my trip, fucking lens fell out. So I couldn't wear those glasses. So I set an eye appointment for Tuesday. So this week, man, it's all about just house stuff for me. I'll be, uh, I'm kind of happy and I'm kind of upset about it because I was told by my boss before I left, hey, the 19th, we have training. And I thought, wait a minute. That's the day my brother-in-law is coming to tile my bathroom that it took me months to set up. I can't make it for training. He goes, yes, you can. So I got to give my buddy Danny um, some props because I thought this was the week I was only supposed to work two days, Wednesday and Thursday. So Danny goes, since we're training, they owe, we're training on a day off. So they owe us a day off in lieu. So Danny said, take that day Wednesday. And then he goes, you still have to schedule your flex time which is we get we have to take eight hours of time off every pay period because we work 88 hours of pay period. So he goes, take your flex time and add four hours of time due and take that Thursday. Then don't come back till Monday. So I'm like, all right, good, I'll do that. So I did that, and now I'm not back to work till the 20th, but my issue is trying to flip my schedule back to midnights. Yeah, so. that, that's the one thing I'm not looking forward to this week because I, I have very much been... On a normal person schedule, which has been nice. Right. I've been sleeping better. I feel better. I haven't been eating like a trash panda. Well, I mean, one day, one day, but that was like a grief day. Because I wasn't going to let my wife grief. Right. No, alone. you have to. Right. <laughs> and on a normal vacation thing, I would start flipping back on Friday to where I'd, you know, by Sunday, I'd be back in the midnights. Well, yeah. since we're training on Sunday, I'm up all day during the week. I have to be at work Monday night. I have no idea how that's going to go. <laughs> It's going to be one of those, go park somewhere. Yeah. 
We'll see how so it goes. I have, I have one other thing that I, I think is uplifting. It should give people hope because, you know, Mike, that's what I'm all about. I wake up in the mornings. I mean, I piss excellence. And I'm just all around a great human being. Okay. Um, I'm 8-0 against COVID, dude. Uh, again? Again. That's so, two weeks in a row. Yeah. So so I, I for actually forgot to mention the case because it was, it was kind of a, a nothing case. It was an occupied stolen vehicle where we took the guy into custody and then down to jail, he tested positive. Okay. So I, I figure now I might as well tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What the so, hell? so we got called for like this dude says that he sees his stolen car. He but he can't see the plate. He's too afraid to get any closer to the car and he sees somebody in it. So okay. we roll up, we're talking to the guy, and he's going like a million miles a minute. And I'm thinking, dude, this guy's high as shit. He's just he's high. I'm like, okay, I I stick the our our most junior guy. I can't call him new anymore. He's off probation. Right. Um. We I stick our most junior guy. I go, hey, talk to him. I'm going to creep along the shadows and I'm going to get the plate. So I creep along and the guy says it's, it's his 97 Toyota, like forerunner or something that's been stolen. Okay. okay. Oh, it was stolen. Well, that's what he's telling me. So, okay. Um, let me go up, get it, get the plate. And it comes back to a 97 Toyota. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, what? I mean, 97 Toyota, it's what it is. Right. I think this guy's just crazy. And um, so I'm freaking trying to talk to this guy, and he is just persisting. He goes, no, that's my car. I know it's my car because on the left side, on the rear bumper, there's like a baseball-sized dent. That's oddly specific. Right. Okay. I'm like, all right, well. So (laughs) a new guy asked me, he goes, so... So what do we do? Are we just going to like high risk stop this car? Like, I don't fully believe this dude. So <laughs> I don't know that I want to pull this guy out at gunpoint. Yeah. But I'm not going to just walk up to the car. I go, look, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pull off. I'm going to pull up because he's parked along the curb. I'm, like, I'm going to pull up on his left rear quarter panel. You're going to come in at an angle and not quite pin his door, but okay. to where you're kind of L shaped on it. And we can see into the car. We're going to light it up go over the PA and call him out and I'm going to be at an, at an extreme low ready. Yeah. <laughs> so we do that. We pull him out <clears throat> and get him cuffed up, searched up, put in the back of the car. And I go up, I go, Hey, what's the last, I asked the dispatcher, Hey, what's the last for the VIN? And the VIN doesn't match. <laughs> like, Oh, son of a bitch. Like, all right. Now let's rid off the whole VIN. Yeah, it's coming back uh, stolen out of wherever. Yeah. Like, and, uh, oh, okay. Shit, this guy was right. I he still was, think he's high, but he was right. He was high and right. Yeah. So pull the dude that was inside of it out. He's got a bullshit story of like, oh, I was just, you know, I'm homeless. I was looking for a place to sleep, and this car's door Mike was and unlocked. The, Mike and the boys gave it to me. Yeah, Dirty Mike and the boys. Dirty so Mike thanks and for the, the F-Shack. So, I mean, you know how close you have to get to somebody when you're searching them. Yeah. So, that's how close I was to him. And then, like, three days later, I get the uh, email from our COVID <laughs> detail. Because we have people that are, like, they have a collateral duty. That's ridiculous. Of, 
of dealing with COVID stuff, and I get emailed, hey, somebody that was uh, that you arrested tested positive for COVID nineteen down at the county jail, and I like so I was livid. Yeah. Because not because you know I got exposed again, but because it meant that chances are I was going to test positive, and which means wife, kids, everyone else is going to test positive. This was like a week before uh, Annie's grandma's funeral. Oh, uh, that would have been really bad. Yeah. So I was like, oh, son of a... Oh. So we, I immediately go, like, next day get tested. Ends up coming back negative. I'm like, sweet, 7-0. and 7-0. Oh. and oh. So we record the 9-11 episode, right? Yeah. So during that time, my kids were all outside playing with all the neighborhood kids. After the show, after everyone comes in, I get texts from my neighbor. Hey, um, my daughter's mom just sent me a text. Apparently, she's tested positive for COVID. I'm like, really? The one that's been outside playing? And I'm like, uh, my wife was pissed at him for a minute, and then I we kind of reasoned our way through it of like, look, being a child whose parents were not together. <laughs> right. I know that sometimes communication breaks down. Yeah. So I'm like, he may have not even known. So, <laughs> so, so we forgave him. Like, all right, fine. Great. Well, I guess we'll all get tested again. <laughs> so go get tested. This time we actually got the kids tested. Okay, good. Too, because they were direct contact and that, Went over great. Really well. <laughs> they, yeah, they thoroughly enjoyed having a Q-tip shoved in their nose. Oh, yeah. Right to their brain. Yeah. No, it, I'll, I'll give it this. It at least wasn't the one, like, the brain toucher. It was okay. the one where they just go around the inside. But it's still it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. I've just gotten used to it after, you know, Plus, you're used times. to sticking your finger up there all the time. So. Yeah, I pick boogers all the time. Right. Um, that's why you see me sitting here, like, I'm flicking stuff. <laughs> yeah. So... Thankfully, I was surprised because the the test we took, the, all four of us, uh, we didn't get the baby tested because I'm not subjecting her to that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, but we all got our test results like within within like 24 to 48 hours. Oh, good. Of and all being negative, all negative again. Yeah, and then apparently her positive was a false positive because oh, she got even, tested again, even better, and it came back negative. So okay, but I'm still counting it eight no undefeated. I should be studied. You're a freak of nature. I am the cure. And okay, rock band. I am much like Thanos. I am the cure. So real quick, one last thing about work. I know I told you that the chick failed. That and she's yes. gone, right? So she yes, was number she couldn't one. Couldn't do sit-ups, right? So they, they go to. So they hire. They were going to hire number one, number two, the female. Number two, failed the psych. Mind number you, number two. Eight people on the list. Academy starts Monday. They got to hurry up. <laughs> One is out. Two is out. They hire three. Apparently, he passes everything. Four takes another job somewhere else. That they're sucks. on the num. They're on the number five right now. I don't know because I wasn't at work. But yeah. as of when my my buddy Mark was telling me when we were on the the trail, you know, he's a sergeant. He was telling me this. I'm like, they're down the number five out of eight. 
and if he got everything done and passed in time, he starts the academy Monday. If not, the next academy is not till January, <laughs> and we're screwed. <laughs> and they're still trying to t- put together yeah. a lateral list, which we have nothing to offer anybody because there's no movement in our department. It's small. Just please, please come here. The money work patrol forever. Money's good. The yeah. money's good, but there's no. Oh, there's no advancement opportunities. But yeah. we did settle our contract. Well, that's good. So, yeah, we've it has to be ratified, but we've come to an agreement. So, those of us who work on two holidays only right now, it will be Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'll get time and a half. We've never had that, which is stupid. That's good. I know a lot of yeah. departments get all those holidays. We, they get time and a half. We don't. Okay. Yeah. The last department I worked at, I was I put in for Thanksgiving because I saw that everybody was working. So I'm like, oh, I want mm-hmm. Thanksgiving off. And they go, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm taking Thanksgiving what off. Are you, what like, are you, retarded? What are you, retarded? We get paid time and a half. Plus, we're going to Steve's house, the sergeant. He's cooking dinner for everybody. <laughs> like, oh. Wait, what? Okay, let me cancel <laughs> that. Get time and a half and get to eat at the sergeant's house. I'm in. But yeah, yeah so we'll get overtime. The other agency I worked for, it was kind of the same thing. Uh, every holiday, they would pass around and say, hey, do you want cash or do you want comp time hmm. for the holiday? So you could get, you know, 10 hours of overtime for pay or you could comp it, put in your comp uh, Yeah, bank your bank. For time off. I bank so, everything. My time off is more important than my money. Yeah. So, oh, and also if uh, I was at a birthday party today for a small child whose dad is also a cop where I work. Okay. He works day shift. Yes. Uh, he's also in, he's an FTO. Excellent. And apparently there are two, a couple people on his team that are on the promotion list. So I could be going to day shift. Get out. There's a chance. I could be going to day shift with Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Really? Straight up, homie. Wow, I hope you get it. Rumor is the way it works is uh, once they compile their list of people who want to be FTOs, they go through basically seniority order and you get to pick from the openings. Um, So if that opening's there, it's going to be tough to pass up. But at the same time, I go from having Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, all that off to now working all of those days. Yeah, but it'll rotate out. You won't. It'll just be this year. Well... It's it'll be like the fifth or sixth. Like I was saying, I was really excited to get it off this year because since uh, we've started having kids, I've never had all like Thanksgiving, Christmas. Those are the two big ones to me. Right. I've never had both off. I've worked both several times. Yeah. But this, I've ne- I've never had um, yeah, both they, of those if holidays. If that switches off. your permanent days off, then yeah, you will get screwed permanently off Thanksgiving permanently. Yeah. Well, at Friday, least Saturday, first. Sunday. At, at least. For this, this year. year. Yeah. But and then I can you know, rebid and possibly go back to midnights and get the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If off, I could go back to days, I wouldn't retire in 110 working days. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I live far enough. I live so far away, though. I have to now sit in commuter traffic on my way into work. Right. Granted, a recruit's going to be riding for two, three hours after shift, so I don't got to worry about it on the way home. But. Yeah. Well, it's you know what? one of those things. Pros and cons. It might be worth it. So, yeah, it's something I'll have to strong. I will strongly consider because uh, our wives are starting to become pretty good friends. So to be able to work on the same team, kids are cool. all the same age, kids all get along. 
It sounds like be, a no-brainer. It, it would be a pretty good, pretty good deal. One of my buddies would be really mad at me though, because he's the one that has recruited me to be an F- like he literally grabbed me by the hand and said, "I'm walking you to the FTO office. Yeah, you're putting in for it." <laughs> so I'd be not joining his team on midnights. I'm sure he'd so. be happy for you though. No, he wouldn't. He'd hate me. <laughs> okay. He he would tell me you're dead to me. You're dead to me. <laughs> so do you have a uh, shout out of the week? A woodworker shout out at all? So I actually I I have two. I have okay. two. That I have to give. Uh, one I want to give a shout out to Nelson, who's over on active duty orders, um, doing humanitarian stuff for the Nelson Devalier. CWO yeah, workshop. Our Nelson. Our Nelson. So that's a great so big one. Shout out to him. Um, I know it's not easy. I have my cousin's husband. Uh, he was Coast Guard. Same, same deal as Nelson, Coast Guard kind of reserve. And then he was activated for Katrina. Uh, it takes a toll on the family. It takes a toll on, on the service members. So big shout out to Nelson for, uh, for doing what needs to be done. And my other shout out is for uh, Mr. J.M. Sullivan Woodworks. While I was working through the Tumblr issues, uh, he and I were going back and forth, back and forth. Um, he's kind of a laser, I don't know if I'd call him guru, but he's a laser enthusiast, Okay. much as myself. Right. And uh, he helped, helped work me through some stuff. I have... You know, we, we've been going back and forth, just kind of bouncing ideas off each other. So big shout out to him uh, for helping keep me sane during this whole thing. Because <laughs> there, there are a few times where I was getting ready to return the the rotary. <laughs> awesome. Those are two good ones. My woodworker shout out this week is for Mike at Rockstar Work Woodcraft. I knew it would be him. Yeah, he joined our Instagram live. I kind of gave it away, but um, very cool dude. Mike's a good guy. He supports our um, efforts on our podcast, and uh, he's if go check out his page. He's done quite a bunch of stuff in his life. Uh, he has. A, he's all over the place. Yeah, he's a jack of all trades. He's really cool. Uh, very talented person. Big personality. Huge personality. Huge, huge, huger than China. Um, Maybe the biggest ever in the history of personalities. So that's uh, Mike at Rockstar uh, Woodcraft. And then we have a question of the week. Now, David Franklin sent in a question on an audio question. But we've made David a star now. So we'll wait to ask his question next week. (laughs) David's got to have a bye week. (laughs) David needs a bye week. <laughs> uh, Marty at Red Leg Woodshop sent us a question actually two weeks ago, but because of our 9-11 episode, we couldn't use it. So I'm going to read Marty's question. It's Marty lives right by me, like 20 minutes away. So I had mentioned you to him. should have had him in studio. Yeah, I know. That's an awesome idea. All I would need is another microphone, which I have. You guys could just share. No, I have a. I can get. I, I'm plugged in. You don't could, have to be socially distanced, Mike. It's yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> I could use that. Uh, my other mic. I just need to get him a headset. So, I did offer to take him out to breakfast one day. We're still trying to work on that because there's a restaurant in between the two of us that's fantastic. That Uncle Deli and I go to on occasion. Dope. All right. So here's the question. Marty asks. 
Here's a question for you. How did Mike and Brandon find each other, and how did the idea for the podcast come about? True story, please. And then he said, I know you covered it a bit, but you guys have a, a great chemistry, and I would like to know more. Write meow. So, write meow. Write meow. So I like the fact that he put the right meow in there. Well, Marty, one day during the election bullshit and all the anti-police bullshit that was going on, <laughs> I was sitting in my police car all pissed off. And I thought... You were... I was fire. pissed. And I'm like... Fire, man. You know what? First of all, there's a bunch of fantastic police officer woodworkers in the Instagram community. And I wanted to put together a group of cops who do woodworking where we could support each other in the Instagram community and then in a chat group so where we could talk about our job and send each other stuff like, have you seen this? This is what's going on here. So I reached out to a bunch of people. And I'm going to read their names because these guys are fantastic humans and they're good police officers and I really like them. So Steve Clyde from SC Creates, creates George Vieira. Maybe from, just their Instagram handles. Yeah. They were, they were not accidentally doxing somebody. Oh, yeah. Instagram <laughs> handles. SC Creates. Nowhere Woodwork. Full House Woodwork. That's Brandon. Hey. Doggers Woodshop. Blue Lives Matter Chicago. Old Glory Customs, MA. Blue Line Turnings. That's James Jordan. He's retired. 81 Tree Woodshop, McGeever Brothers, B Brothers Woodworking, Patriotic Pines NC, Ravencrest Woodworking, Rhino's Woodshop, 10 Code Custom Woodworks, and Nelson CWO Workshop. So I reached out to all these guys and said, listen, I'm sick and tired of, the, of police officers and law enforcement getting pounded by the media. I want to start a podcast. Who's in? And the first person that said, hell yeah, was Brandon. All, all, all caps, multiple explanation, right. exclamation points. I think it took me, what, all of 30 seconds? Yeah, and then it was, let's effing go. <laughs> so I had sent Brandon, uh, I had a, a little giveaway. I did a Chicago flag. Flash giveaway. Flash giveaway. Chicago flag. When I first got my CNC, I burned some pine and I engraved the four Chicago stars in it and the lines in it. And uh, Brandon had entered that and he won that flash giveaway, which he still has that flag in his shop. Yeah, so, it's up on my wall. Yeah. So that's how I met Brandon initially. And then I knew he was a copper, so I reached out to him about putting this little group together. And then when I asked the group, hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. What do you guys think? Hell yeah, <laughs> Brandon. Let's. Let's effing go. go. So I have yet to meet Brandon I went in person. full Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what it is. I know I love seeing Brandon every week, and I, I do consider Brandon a good friend now. And it's funny because my friends at work make fun of my internet friends. or Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? How yeah. are your internet friends, Mike? Better than you, jackass. Right. Um, my <laughs> internet friends are pretty fabulous, by the way. You can have friendships with people that you haven't met in person that you communicate with via email, text, phone calls, and video chats. It's possible to build a relationship. And 
I love getting to know Brandon more and more. And I found a person who knows pop culture like me and can rattle off shit off the top of his head like me. We have the same sense of humor. We both do the same job. I'm at the far end of it, and he's at the beginning of it, and I think that's what makes for good chemistry. I'll let you answer, but that's my yeah, answer. So you, you were actually one of the first uh, few woodworking pages I started following on Instagram. Oh, thank you. Um, I think after... So after I created uh, the Full House page and Full House kind of became its own thing, I, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. (laughs) I followed a couple of like YouTube stars or stars or YouTubers or whatever you want to call them. And then ended up, yeah, Jason Bent was actually one of, one of the ones. Um, So I, and I saw people doing these giveaways. Like I think, um, I'm going to butcher your name because I'm really bad at, at pronouncing names, but seeing uh, over at uh, Crafty at Heart, uh-huh. yeah, she did saying her, her, yeah, saying. So Sang. she did her four thousand follower giveaway, and I was lucky enough to win that. And that's when my my page kind of exploded a little bit. Um, I think you had entered it, and then you, when she announced the winner, like you did one of those, like, oh, congrats to the winner thing, and I clicked on your thing. I was like, oh, this is dope. So started following you, and it took a while. It it took me a while to put together. That you were actually a cop. Okay. The blue line running throughout my shop on my work. <laughs> That's bench. what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. I'm like, I, like, people who don't understand cops and understand kind of cop culture would never pick up on that. Right. And then I think I saw just a little hint of the flag you have in the background there. I go, son of a bitch, he is a cop. <laughs> He's like, you didn't tell me you were a cop? Yeah. So... That made me, I mean, dive in even more. And then winning your flash giveaway, you and I um, kind of started chatting yeah. here and there just about stuff. And, you know, because we both worked midnight. So we, I mean, and it was another person to talk to in the middle of the night. Right. And then um, I had kind of the same sort of idea, or I was feeling a lot of the same things you were feeling. I had no clue how to express it. Uh, so when I saw your video, your your story, yeah, I just I it, recorded it, it was, and posted it. Yeah, it was exactly what had been going through my head because I was sick and tired of us all getting a bad rap for something one person did, right? Sixteen hundred miles away from where I am, yeah, you know, a state or two over from where you are, and we had no involvement in it, and I think. I think if my memory's right, you did it after the um, Rayshard Brooks shooting in Georgia. Yes. In Atlanta. Yeah. Um, after that shooting, once the video came out, I have an aunt who I used to live with early on in college. She and I were actually pretty close. Um, she posted something. She's, I mean, she's lived in Sacramento for a long time. She, she's very left-leaning. But, you know, that never mattered before. And her brother-in-law is actually a cop up in Sacramento. Okay. So she posts a video of that, and she says, there's absolutely no defense for this. And I hadn't seen the video, so I watched it. I go, well, actually, yeah, here's a defense. Right, hello. And further, furthermore, in that officer's shoes, I would have done the same thing, and I would expect all of my partners to do the same thing. Right. 
And then basically I uh, was attacked by her and all of her left-leaning friends because they're so tolerant. It's amazing how people who claim to be on the side of social justice and progress are the most judgmental, mean, horrible people right. on the face of the planet. Uh, so I was personally attacked by every single one of them. In fact, her brother-in-law had to come, like, stepped into this Facebook little uh, rant okay, and came to my defense. I've never met him in person. No. Oh. But he and I are, like, instantly best friends now. Sure. He was actually working the day that the um, Sacramento PD... Uh, recruit officer uh, was killed on the line of duty okay. a couple of years ago in 2019. I think her name was Tara, either Tara O'Sullivan or Tara Sullivan. Um, but so, and I haven't like I shut down. We haven't spoken since, uh, which is sad. It makes me sad. But I'm I'm not gonna engage with her more or less until I get an apology. Right, and she does owe you one. I I think so. Um, I provided a plausible defense and expressed a personal opinion, and then I got basically called the problem, <laughs> putting it yeah. nicely. Right, so that um, triggered you like it did. Yeah, I, I became very triggered. Uh, so that's it's actually the only person that I've ever... Um, I don't know if I full-blown blocked her. Okay but completely shut down all communication with her. And like, I'm just was more or less done with her unless she wants to actually have a, an honest and open conversation because it's family. So I'm willing to do that. But yeah, it was shortly after that, that you put that out there and it was like, yep, light bulb, this needs to happen because you know, I, I followed guys like Mike, the cop or officer Daniels and like hook them and book them that you know are all part of that humanizing the badge kind of banner and they do a great job they really do put i mean they put out great stuff mike the cop's got a a new podcast out where you know him and another former officer uh talk about you know current issues in law enforcement when they can speak freely because right they're no longer active right whereas you and i have to kind of sometimes tread lightly yes because there are policies currently that you and I have to adhere to. Right. But yeah, I, I thought it was important that people have the ability to hear directly from cops who are working the street in a major city, a suburb of a major city and, and know exactly, you know, what goes through our mind and the fact that we are people, we have interests outside of law enforcement. We're not all, you know, tacked out 24, seven, 365. We come home. We're dads. Right. We're husbands. We're, you know, friends. We have friends that aren't cops. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, it's weird, but we all have, I mean, cops, we all have the best stories at, you know, backyard barbecue. So that's, that's it. Um, but I also thought it would be cool in this podcast form, I mean, when we when we have, you know, guests on, no one's really taken advantage of it yet, but I've tried to nudge them in that direction of, hey, you have two cops here. Right. What do you want to know? Ask. Ask. What, do you, what have you always wanted to ask a cop but never did? And no one's asked yet. No. That's all right. But Someone will. This goes out to all of the people who are listening. You have two cops here. We're pretty open. 
Uh, there's not a lot of secrets here. We do try to conceal where we work, except for one episode where I was like, no, I don't care. <laughs> but you have two cops here who will answer just about anything. So if you've ever wanted to ask a cop something, ask. Send send a voice recording to, you know, email it to handcuffsandsawdustpodcast at gmail.com. Send, you know, Mike a DM at MM Midnight Maker. Send me a DM at Full House Woodworker. Send the show a DM over at handcuffs and sawdust podcast right even ask um, a question on youtube in the comment section of a video yeah whatever you feel is best for you modem medium wise to do yeah uh but one thing and my wife brought it up the other day she goes i she goes i, I love that you're you know you're doing it yeah it takes you know some time and st- every week you guys go long <laughs> but it's it's also a good decompression for you for you and I. Yeah, this is I one of my highlights to, of the week. Yeah, I'm able to come on here and be like, dude, I saw a homeless dude got hit by a car. Yeah, we get to vent. Yeah, we can, you know, it's like a it's like a um, uh, pressure cooker. You right. get to release some of that pressure out before you blow up. Because it happens a lot. Yeah. So it's. I think it's good for us. And then, yeah, I mean, the fact that Mike can quote, you know, movies with the best of them, and I'm <laughs> what's been termed an old soul. Yeah, um, you are. I am. I, I fly that flag freely. That's a lot of Fs to say. That's really hard. That really <laughs> is. Fly the flag yeah. freely. So, oh, um, well, I wanted to say, that? you said fly the, f- fly the flag freely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, hopefully, I wanted to get. I wanted to say one more thing that I forgot to mention. I think. But uh, thank Marty for the question. And Marty, I'll reach out to you and send you a sticker. I'm trying to get some designs going for T-shirts, hats, and all that kind of stuff. And now that we have someone who knows how to laser engrave, maybe we can get some mugs. I'm telling you straight uh, up, so, our podcast logo yeah. will not engrave well. <laughs> well, we'll have to just do like the H&S with handcuffs yeah, or yeah. something. We'll, fi- we'll, we'll put Don yeah. on it because Don yeah. is the fantastic graphic artist of our team. Don Can, the Can Man, Can Man Can. Uh, to, before I close out and we finish, I, I, I spoke about the hike. I forgot to mention in the show, which we mentioned in the, in the um, pre-show, was the last day that we were in Jackson on Friday. We went to get some lunch. and we were September met by, 10th, right? That was on the 10th, Friday the 10th. Okay. Don't say this in sad voice. No, no. So um, Friday the 10th, we went to Jackson Hole to get some lunch, and there was a veteran outside in a pickup truck, and he had a ton of huge flags, and he asked my buddy Mark, hey, would you like to hold a flag on the street? And Mark said, yeah, what's going on? And he said, "Uh, U.S. Marine Riley McCullough is coming home. He was one of the 13 servicemen or women that were killed in Afghanistan. So Mark said, hell yeah, we will be here. So Mark came in. I was actually buying some gifts. And uh, it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and Mark said, hey, we can't leave. I'm like, what do you mean we can't leave? The Marines coming home today. I'm like, oh, I remember seeing that. He goes, I got some flags. I'm like, all right, cool. What do we have to do? Just stand on the street. I'm like, I'm in. Of course, 
we're four cops out there hiking. So yeah. we all get, you know, the importance of serving our country. Not we haven't done it. None of us are veterans like you. But it's very important for us. So we found a corner right where the procession was going to be coming from the airport. And earlier we're trying to eat lunch and there had to be I think I mentioned to you 40 or 60 Harleys, right, in this procession. But yeah. when we were eating lunch outside, all we heard is, you know, like just ripping through town. I'm like, these fucking assholes with their Harley. And I thought, wait a minute, they got flags attached to their bikes. And I'm like, oh, something's going on, obviously, right? I've, I had seen the story that he was coming home that day. Didn't realize it was that day because we were, you know, in the mountains all week. So then we, we pick our corner and... I had bought some some gifts and Dave bought some gifts, so we wanted to actually drop them off back at the truck where we parked. So we had to walk through. In the middle of Jackson, there's a a square part of the park. In the middle, there's a cowboy statue and there's names of you know people that have fallen, officers that have fallen and stuff. And then each entrance into that park has, um, I don't know if they're horns, but they're it's an arch at each entrance of yeah. horns, right? It's a very popular place to take pictures. And uh, we were walking through. We're going to walk through the park to our car. And as soon as we, we walked through, we dropped off our stuff. We came back. As we were walking back out, there was a group of people that had a banner. And they were just asking people, do you want to sign this banner for the family? And it says, you know, thank you for your service and your sacrifice. Welcome home. I'm like, give me a pen. So I wrote on there and I signed all four of our names. And then uh, when we went back to our corner. And we stood there for another hour and a half just waiting. And every minute, more and more people came, more and more flags. And the coolest thing was, you said September 12th of 2001 was an amazing day, right? This kind of felt like that because all the, they said hundreds in the paper, dude, there had to be thousands of people there. Every major street you looked all the way down, lined with people in the streets, on the sidewalks, holding flags. The fire department had a, rent, had a crane with a huge flag that they drove under the procession as it came up into town. And it turned the corner right in front of us. So I filmed the entire thing, the entire procession on my phone. And it was, it, I won't say it was going to be sad, but, it was very, it was heartwarming to see all these people come together for a Marine that lost his life trying to protect us, you know. So it was an amazing event. I got the flag. It's going to be, it's a small flag. I'm going to hang it at my shop. And I just want to say I was very proud to be a part of paying tribute to a hero. And it was awesome. So that's my uplifting story of the week. Yeah. And for those of you that would th- say that that's sad, it's not sad. Marine came home. Marine came, came home. home because America doesn't leave people behind. Right. And the best thing about, uh, not the best thing, but one of the, I'll say most humorous things as we were sitting there, I looked across the street. There's a guy with a fuck Biden and those of you who voted for him flag. And I thought, <laughs> I got to get me one of those flags. 
So I went on to Amazon and bought one on the spot. And it came today, <laughs> and I was told, where are you going to hang that? My wife's like, yeah, yeah, great flag, but if you put that on either your truck or the house, someone's going to vandalize either one of those two things. And I thought, that's okay. I'm going to put it in my shop right in, above my CNC machine. So <laughs> I was marching out. We're leaving. You know, it wrapped up. The procession went by. Time to go. Now we're thinking, how the fuck we can get out of here with all these cars? So I'm just walking down the street filming my, on my phone and just all the people and all that stuff. And as I'm walking towards the fire trucks with the flag and stuff, that guy had that flag draped around him, the one with the, the fuck Biden flag. So I took a picture of him, and then I was filming again, and I walked right next to him, and I go, flag of the day, bro. He's like, thanks, man. I go, mind if I put you on my YouTube channel? He's like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to edit all that footage, and I'm either going to do it as just a separate Riley McCullough procession video on our YouTube channel. Just no audio, you know, just the pictures, the images and stuff. Yeah. It'll, I can condense it down. It might be 15 minutes long. But I think it's very important. I mean, you can go on several of the news uh, websites to see clips, bits and pieces, but take it from someone who was there. Yeah. One of the most moving things I've ever seen. Yeah. There's, I've been to officer funerals i've been to yeah too many military funerals uh, i've been to one in arlington national cemetery the two most powerful types of funerals an officer one and a service member one they are i would say life altering but they're pretty profound yeah you know i <laughs> It's so weird because September 11th, 2021, today, when we're recording this, and just the day prior was this funeral procession. So in back-to-back days, two high-impact things on me. I'll always remember yesterday, you know, September 10th, 2021, where was I when that Marine came home? In his hometown, I was there. A reporter walked up to us and said, do you mind if I ask you some questions? I'm with the local paper. We said, no. Where are you guys from? So we're from outside Chicago. Oh, what do you do? We're police officers. Oh, why are you here? To pay tribute. We were here hiking, but we found out this was happening. So we stayed to pay tribute. Oh, okay. Do you mind if I use that? Nope. That's what everyone's doing here, standing on the street. Yeah, <laughs> you can go out, get all their names. <laughs> so they took Mark for our health. <laughs> they took Mark's name, and uh, they were going to put that in the, in the paper. But why did why did you want to pay tribute? Mark said because it's important that we recognize what his sacrifice, and we understand that, and that's why we're here. So, to all you vets, again, I know I've said it a hundred times, and I'll say it a million more. Thank you very much for what you guys do for us. All right, so Brandon already gave you all the places to send messages and uh, audio files and questions and everything else. So you like how I worked that in there? That was so smooth. You're like, like a I... professional now. It's <laughs> very late. Professional podcast is what I am. <laughs> that's right. Got myself a mic stand and everything. That's right. Notice, notice it's not called a Brandon stand. Nope. It's a mic stand. 
<laughs> well, because Mike needs to be held up. Oh! What we, well, what we call this, this little thing that holds up Mike, Brandon. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, thanks. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Stay safe on the streets and in the shop. Peace. Deuces.